0: Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips each week, along with a playlist of great alternative music. Delighted this week that we're going to be having our first guest on the show and hopefully any minute now I'll be joined in by Dave Tyndall. So um hoping Dave will pop up any second. Uh in the meantime we had a fantastic week uh, over at the American Express where um, Hudson Swafford got the job done. Remarkable performance from Hudson um who came back on the back nine yesterday I think he made one solitary par on the whole back nine uh which was what the um 18th hole when he holed out from about six foot so uh yeah hudson saved my bacon last week anyway because uh i had a horrible week which i'll touch on more in a minute uh but um i was uh, able to redeem things by putting him up for the uh, sporting life column i do on sunday so hopefully some of you uh, jumped on board there um anyway i believe dave has joined us so dave uh come in dave can you hear me
1: hello can you hear me yes hello. i can
0: yes yeah Good. um Brilliant. So pleased to have you on, Dave. Thank you for being our guinea pig on the Golf Alternative podcast guest front. Um, I'm hoping we will have a fantastic laugh here and get through some great golf tips and great musical picks. So um, thanks again for joining us and um, let's dive straight in. So as you might have heard when um came in there, I was just talking about uh, last week's um, event. The yeah. American Express. Uh how was it for you, Dave? <laughs>
1: what a week to come on. Um, yeah, it's um I should be banned from tipping that tournament. I'm useless at that. I haven't got a clue. I think every year they all miss the cut. I think I might have got one through this year. Right, okay. Vincent Whaley, but he didn't trouble the scorers. I don't know. I just it, I just don't have a a way of getting into it. I just land on the completely the wrong people. Um <laughs> Thankfully, that's not every week, but that week is one of my. I don't know. Do you find you've got certain tournaments you do well in, and others you do terribly in?
0: I, I, I do. I do. Um, this one, I, this one, had always been one of my hard luck um, events, actually. But last year, I did did quite well in it. With well, I had Siwoo Kim last year, so. Um, but it was sort of back to the norm for my main picks this week, which were pretty horrible. But yes, you're right. There's certain events. Uh, I, I tend to find that the events that um, I guess there's a bit more, shall we say. History, personality to them, um, I do better. Whereas, what well, you know, um, my dark times tend to be when when we get towards sort of the likes of the Rocket Mortgage Classic and that kind of <laughs> right. thing, where uh, yeah. um, don't tend to go my way. So, I know exactly what you're saying. um Did you? I know we're focusing on the PJ here, but um, any joy over in? um uh, bet so the European tour, but the DP World Tour. Any joy for you over in Abu Dhabi?
1: Yeah, I, I write a column for uh, WSN, um, and um, I kind of. I don't know, hit the bar at the post. I was on Hovland for the win, and Shane Larry for top five. And didn't most you? of those looked good at one point, but neither of them got over the line. But at least, at least, I had something to watch. Yeah, yeah. one, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't really watch I knew the other one. I was, I was watching the snooker shootout. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but I did watch. I did watch a good chunk of um, Abu Dhabi, and it just seemed a a more watchable, a more kind of, you know, not a... As John Rahm. Did you see John Rahm's tweet? I
0: did. I was, I was going to ask you um, what you made of that from a uh, world, world number one um, effing away about a, uh, yeah. a, a putting contest. Um, he, he didn't mind so much when he won it a few years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know it's it's caught him at a bad time. But, yeah, it's um, given that he'd shot what... Thirty-three under the other week in Hawaii. Yeah, quite. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the yeah. worst person to do those, but yeah, I, I. But I was probably going, yeah. You tell them, John, because I was in that sort of mood as well. That it was a farce. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was quite interesting to, to see that. But yeah, I, I, I did a little thing uh, for another website I write for Planet Sport that the, the three US events this year have been won in two thousand and twenty-two have been one one with a combined 80 under par, which is like madness, um, whereas the first DP World Tour one of 2022 was it was 10 under, wasn't it, that, that Thomas Peters did? Yeah, where, that's but, right, yeah. And he was the only player um, that was double digits under par, where mm-hmm. I think it's something like 41 or 43 players were double digits under par in the Sony Open and the American Express, yeah, and then thirty six of the thirty eight man field in the century, they were double digits under par. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's all got a bit easy, hasn't it? On the on the PGA, it is.
0: But then, I mean, if if you're going to play, I mean, Ram should. I understand what you're saying in general, but if you're going to play a pro am, you should expect a easy greens in a putting contest to a certain extent shouldn't you because um you know they're not going to give slick sort of greens running at 12 and a half on the stint meter for a bunch of bunch of pros are they that's a bunch of amateurs are they so um uh i guess ram should have known know what he what he was in for really. Well, so, yeah uh,
1: I, I guess may, maybe he's just using it to warm up a bit for
0: this week yeah maybe. yeah yeah um you mentioned actually um planet sport and wsm dave so um that, that leads me to ask you of course most people listening to this I'm sure will know know you, know of you. Um uh you, of course, um uh you, you know covering not just golf but football as well. But how how just to backtrack a bit, I mean, how did you get into this Malarkey? What what led you into golf golf tipping this uh, this game that drives us all mad in the first place, may I ask?
1: Yeah, um how far do you want me to go back? Um Ooh. yeah, I started off um I started off uh, working for william hill doing uh, doing um sky text you know that teletext and yeah cfax for viewers who overseas are a, a bit younger than you and i mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of just text on screen that was how we got our <laughs> information yeah. um, before the the web so so i used to um do do sky text where we were doing mostly the club page pages for premier League clubs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm a Liverpool fan, and I think one of my first ever uh, we got we got to ring the managers. One of the first ones I ever did was I rang Kenny Dalglish, and I just froze. He was mm-hmm. like my hero. Uh, I had to ask him what he thought of Graham Sumner's sacking, and he went, "I can't speak about that." And I just went, "Uh, oh, uh." Oh, oh. <laughs> <Fair laughs> but thankfully, he was very nice about it and said, and sort of called me David. And I think he could tell it was my first ever. Appearance Mm. in front of a phone calling a famous person, Uh, so that was okay. So, yeah, so I started working at William Hill, and just lying around on the table, there was a copy of Keith Elliott's uh, Golf Form book.
0: Oh, yes, yeah.
1: So, at the time, um, there was uh, there was me, and and the boss in the office was Mike Grenham, who you might know from the William Hill podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, When he used to do that, and we just sort of picked up this book and just found it really interesting that, oh, look, golf, it's got like a some logic through it and there's all these things like nappy factors and yeah. um, comeback trails and these various ways of looking at an event that wasn't just about course, current form really. Because um, I I, I'm not really sure. I'd had much of a bet on golf before then. It was just like, oh, who's in form? But with this, it opened up a way of, um kind of looking at stuff and and thinking about stuff um and because i i did um i did uh i always sound a bit sheepish so i did psychology as my degree which sounds which sounds like impressive but it could have been anything all you do is revise some stuff and write about it but (laughs) because it's psychology it's just Mm. it sounds better than it is but i'm obviously interested in people and how people think and stuff so it kind of tapped into my way of looking at stuff and, and, and obviously, you, you quickly realise that, unlike football, you, you can pick winners if you're lucky at 50 to 1, under to 1. So if you get it right, there are massive rewards.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And it's, it's surprising, well, maybe it's not surprising, the amount of people who are of a similar generation, shall we say, who first switched on to golf betting around the Elliott the Keith Elliott books. Um, I mean, I've got uh somewhere in the in the cupboard, I've got uh, you know, sort of 10 years worth of them, yeah. and, and uh, like you say, those uh, uh, I think we still all subscribe to the nappy factor. I was all, uh, when Harold Varner was charging through his front nine yesterday, <laughs> I was all, all ready to sort of say nappy factor, but then I remembered yeah. it was Harold Varner, um, and um, yeah, um, but um, yeah, all those symbols of say comeback Trail, the sun on their back, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the, the bottle, and so so yeah. Uh, uh yeah i mean i'm with you 100 percent and um, actually i was gonna sort of preempt a question i was gonna ask you later on actually when uh in relation to one of my picks as to how much uh sort of school or stool do you put into uh you know, where the players feed off of what other players have done. So I'll, I'll come back to that because I know we all do. We all sort of go, oh, you might be inspired by what yeah, so yeah, and so yeah. did, but uh, you wonder how much the actual players are. But uh, I'll come back to that later. But, uh, um, yeah, so you sort of morphed from there basically and um, uh, ended up sort of uh, getting more and more, more gigs and sort of went from there as, as such.
1: Yeah, so in the early days of we were just doing it in the office at William Hill, I sort of had a bit of success. I, I remember I picked out... Uh, Ted Treber, Do you remember him? Ted Tribb. I do.
0: Yes, I do.
1: He he won something like the Ann, huser Bush Classic or some. some yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah. I Probably pronounced wrong. And I picked him out at a three figure price, and he won. So I was like, oh wow, this this is interesting, isn't it? Um, and then from there, I um, I then moved to actual teletext, the ITV teletext, which is always you find a lot of journalists started that route. It's always a very good route for being accurate with your writing and spotting Mm. little mistakes because you sort of had to get it right on the screen. Um, And it made you write quite tightly Mm. rather than just sort of waffling on. So I did that. And then the sport in life went um, from a newspaper to the online version. So Mm. I was at the very start of that. And um, I sort of said, oh, can I do the golf stuff or the golf tipping? And they went, yeah. (laughs) So... um, I remember I think it was 1997, and yeah, I just had this ridiculously good start where I picked out on the West Coast. Steve Jones was one of the winners, might have Mm -hmm. had Jesper Parnovic, something like Mm -hmm. that, 1997, um, and just got off to a flyer. And then I did the Sporting Life for a long time, maybe like 12 years. So I was there now in the very, very capable hands of Ben Coley, who does a fantastic
0: job. Oh god, yeah. yeah, he keeps churning them out, doesn't he? The winners, oh, amazing, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Although I did beat him at snooker today.
0: Oh, did you? All right, yeah. okay, yeah. I need to hear more about these snooker games. So, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: we played at the Northern Snooker Centre this morning. So, uh, right, that yeah. uh, was quite nice. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll get his revenge next week.
0: Well, I know you're quite handy, so if he's getting his revenge, he must be quite handy too. So, I think I'll uh, <laughs> I'll steer, steer well clear of the pair of you, if, uh, or at least for a money game, anyway. Yeah. Right. So, um,
1: and then where are we? And then um, I started from from I did Golf three six five, which was another thing. Then I went onto uh, Sky Sports website, right? Uh, yeah, which was kind of like the golden ticket that got me into the Masters. I remember when Sky first got the contract to cover the Masters, because obviously it was the BBC before then. Mm-hmm. Um, really close to April um the, the the lovely people at augusta national said oh we want a written presence we want somebody to come and write stuff about augusta and said so they asked me so i said wow. yeah i'll do it so despite <laughs> making a complete mess of getting my work permit at the american embassy in london i had to go back four times because i kept filling in the forms wrong um i don't ever ask me to fill in a form i just can't have a mental block um, I, I went there 2011, I think the first one. Wow! Right, okay. With, with Charles Schwartzel, and I, I did that um, for for four masters. So I, two, I saw Bubba's two wins, and then right Adam Scott's as well. So yeah, that was a very lucky thing to be able to do. Right? Um, yeah,
0: I did. I must. Admit, I didn't know you'd done that. I mean, I, you know, obviously I'm a mere... Baby, in this sort of uh, uh, Twitter writing, online stuff, uh, compared to yourself, and um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I didn't know you'd been to Augusta. So uh, wow, that's yeah, incredible. although you've yeah. you've been to a few,
1: haven't you? You've got time.
0: Uh, yeah, I've been to a few events in America, and hopefully we'll get there again soon. But uh, yeah, I've been to Sawgrass has always been my favourite place. Uh, my um, without uh, we could ramble on this all day, and I'm constantly conscious we've got to pick some music and some golf winners. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, the first time I ever went to America to golf event was, uh, in let me get it's right 2004 I'm going to say from memory, and uh, me and my best mate went we planned this big trip to saw big trip to Sawgrass. Uh, we went there. We put our money on Stephen Ames at 125 to one, and he won. And oh, wow. uh, paid for the wow. whole trip. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, that would um, I don't think I'll ever top that. Uh, the feeling of sort of uh, on the Sunday walking up uh, as he as he found the green on 17, uh, and then uh, found the fairway on 18, knowing he'd won it uh, was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was pretty amazing on the first trip out there so yeah
1: it um, was in good form at the time wasn't he it, was
0: yeah there? well he'd um he played well at bay hill the week before he had the past course form at sawgrass he fitted all the boxes basically but um yeah, yeah, um, yeah. anyway we better move on because yes. we'll be here all night uh and but fascinating to hear about y- your background uh and as i said i didn't know you've been to augusta so um yeah um uh great to hear uh right i'm gonna pick a tune my first tune is uh new listeners might not know we uh we mix in the gold talk with musical picks and uh, we can get to listen to the playlist on Spotify afterwards I'll be posting out on a link via Twitter obviously with the um, uh, links to the pod and uh, yeah so the first pick that I'm going to make this week Dave's going to get uh, to pick most of the tunes this week but the first pick i'm gonna make is i'm picking something by ultrasound who uh, as a as a yorkshire based man dave you might know ultrasound uh, they were sort of based from over that way i think leeds neck of the woods and they were yeah. around in the late 90s uh, the lead singer was a great big guy called tiny uh, and they um they actually reformed uh, of late and um Brought a couple of newer albums out. And last year they did a tour for recapping sort of the anniversary of this debut album. But the tune I'm going to go for is Air and Calder. Uh, and I totally love this tune. And the only reason it gets the pick, apart from the fact I love the tune, is the Air and Calder are rivers, and so is the Hudson. So well done, Hudson Swafford. You get to get me some ultrasound in this week's event, um or in this week's playlist. Right. So moving on and we move on to the farmer's insurance open this week which is the first event that moves on to the poana greens of the west coast swing so that's quite important and something we'll touch on uh we're down in san diego uh which is well la Jolla to be precise but in the san diego area uh, and we're on the coast it's tory pines um it's uh the regular stop for the farmers, and of course last year it hosted the US Open as well. And before I talk a little bit about the history of the event, uh, Dave, I know the musical theme you are bringing to the show this week is very much West Coast based, so um, this is a chance for you to introduce your first tune, and um, it's a band I've never heard of, I believe, so I'm going to let you take it away and tell us all about this um, first tune for the week
1: yeah i've gone quite literal um with the west coast angle because this band are called the west coast pop art experimental band um, Okay. oh yeah you're certainly not alone in in going i've never heard of them um and i don't really know why they're not better known obviously a lot of the bands from the 60s from west coast america um you know grateful dead the birds the doors that uh they they're well known and and um, and we know all their songs, and and it's obvious because a lot of their songs are very kind of melodic and and mm. su- sweet sounding. So I don't really know where the West Coast pop art experimental band went wrong, but in terms of getting the message out there. But it's always fun to find a band, isn't it? That no one's yeah. a, a, a musical snobbery there. But yeah, um, yeah so they're from Los Angeles. Um, they some of their stuff is a bit dark and a bit odd. But they've got all these kind of sugary, perfect pop classics with uplifting vocal harmonies, and and they just sound they just sound great. Um, there's a there's a shop um, called Amoeba Records, which is in the High Ashbury area of San Francisco. High Ashbury is like very well known for yeah. being like the epicentre for all the sort of hippie movement in the sixties. And I've been to San Francisco a couple of times, and obviously that was one of the places I headed to, the High Ashbury, just to kind of mm. soak it up. And it's quite an iconic sign that you can take a picture of. Yeah. So I went I went to Amoeba Records, and in the spirit of being there, I, I bought um, the, the West Coast Pop Art Experimental Band. I think it's called Volume 2, the one I like. But it's got this song on called Transparent Day, and it's just, like, fantastic. It's so... You know, it, there's no, there's no sort of oh, I, I need to hear it five times before I get it. It's just perfect, pop straight off the bat. Um, so, yeah, when 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 I kind of bought that in, in the High Ashbury, and then if you keep walking along the High Ashbury, you, you get to Golden Gate Park. So, mm. when I bought that, and I was in the High Ashbury, I felt like I sort of died and gone to heaven. This is my perfect <laughs> scenario. But yeah. I have a listen anyway. "Transparent Day" by the West Coast Pop Art Experimental Band. If you like. 60s west coast music you'll absolutely love this yeah
0: well i actually listened to this for the first time about um about an hour ago and uh yeah i loved it so it was very immediate and, uh, and i know what you're saying about the Haight ashbury as well because um i um i went there when i went to pebble in 2019 oh, yeah. i came in via san francisco and uh, uh managed to do a bus tour around san francisco for a day before i went down to pebble and uh uh and yeah managed to um get into the High ashbury so uh, yeah it's a great place to go isn't it for a for a stroll around so 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 music day before we move on to actually talking golf mu- music is obviously hugely important to you as it is is to me i mean i i know from my point of view because i mean some people my wife is one of these people music is just there in the background it goes at a party it's on in the lift or whatever yeah. take it or leave it etc etc sure, to me i'm the sort of person who if i hear a good tune on the radio i've never heard before and someone's talking i'll be like shh the <laughs> yeah. rest of this song or won't get out the car until the song's finished. I'm listening to it. So, uh, you like that with music? I mean, has music always been a huge part of your life?
1: Yeah. I, um, so growing up, I, so this, so growing up in like maybe the eight, in the eighties, I would have been just sort of listening to normal stuff, like madness and, and um, Adamant or something just when I was, mm-hmm. I was little, but then, cause that was what was in the charts. Um, although Madness were, were still a very good band, um, mm. not just – better than just chart music, although the charts were far better those day, in those days. Turned into an old man podcast now, haven't we? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> back <Yeah>. back <laughs> but um, I – probably like a, a, a lot of people – I had my little Beatles period, and I still – probably my favourite band, the Beatles. Mm. Um, so I think I was starting to think I need to sort of start finding out stuff more about music. And then I – just listened to the radio, started listening listening to John Peel, a um, very yeah. famous mm. DJ for, for overseas viewers who played a lot of alternative music. And, I, and it really opened my ears up. And I thought, wow, there's all this stuff out there that mm. that isn't that's kind of going underground and you don't hear normally. So he yeah. used to have this thing at the end of the year called the festive
0: fifty, 50, 50
1: yeah. Yeah. So it was basically buying everything off that. Mm. listening. It was absolutely must listening, wasn't it? For yeah, for, yeah. for eight, each year and jotting down the ones you liked, and there'd yeah. be like I remember a couple of years there were like about fifteen entries by the fall, and yeah, ten by the wedding present. Yeah, um, then there was some early primal scream like Velocity Girl and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I listened to all that, and then it just sort of it, it went from there, and I, I just became a, a very avid record buyer. Buying, mm. going, in. that was all. My basically my spare money was spent on records. Yeah.
0: I was I mean it sounds like we had a very similar childhood, Dave. Every week I would be sort of down, you know, spending me four pound pocket money or whatever on seven inch singles and uh like you say, uh um, John Peel. I mean there's a there's there's random tracks that I still have in my head from that festive '50. So so one week I'm going to try and get uh, Trixie's big red motorcycle and their version <laughs> of White Horses on it in some yeah. way or another. Uh, yeah and um, yeah very very similar sort of uh, yeah listening to listening to Peel and music's um, yeah just stayed hugely important for two yeah, years, so, years. Yeah so yeah um, so
1: obviously it was I was actually on um, I was at Valderrama when he died. I always remember that.
0: Right, Goodness. I was with a mate,
1: and he just said to me, John Peel's died. I went, yeah. ah? Uh and then I was just like, wow, I got my one trip to and That's obviously, I remember some other stuff about it, but that was one of the, the, yeah. the strong memories of going there. Like, oh, no, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. But obviously,
1: yeah, music's massive. Massive part of my life. I still listen to a lot of stuff now, and I don't know. It can just sort of stretch your emotions, can't it, in other yeah. ways? But say I'm feeling a bit kind of really sad. I'm not someone who cries very easily, but if I sort of want to force some tears out, I'll put on something like Sufjan Stevens and uh, listen to Carrie and Lowell, like Death With Dignity, or The Only Thing. Listen to those two songs, if you jot those down. and uh, If you're near to tears, you'll, you'll be yeah. overflowing with them by the end of those. So right, they, just okay. sort of, they just sort of capture – they just sort of go straight to your heart kind of thing, and i like, yeah. oh. So I just – I love the way music can make you feel elated, sad. It just pulls on all the emotions, doesn't it? So yeah. great,
0: the, I love that. It, it does a Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And that was, uh, I guess, you know, alongside my golf. Interest that's my other passion, and that was when I sort of had this mad idea for this podcast. But, um, um, yeah, and talking to which, I guess we better talk about some golf because uh, there's plenty oh, yeah. of people here for the golf. So, um, Tory Pines, as I was saying, so San Diego area, we've got two courses in play. So, for the second week, it's a, a multi course event, was three courses last week. The south course is the beast, as it were, at 7,700 odd yards long, um, and a par 72. Uh, the north course relatively is the pushover, but it did get toughened up a bit. It went through a Tom Weiskopf redesign in 2016. Uh, that's about 7,250 yards. Uh, but um, it's still by far the easier course. Uh, three rounds on the south course. So they each get uh, one round over the first two days on each of the courses. And then the weekend off the cut is purely paid on the south course. From a correlating point of view, I've always looked at what I call the other big boy courses. The same players tend to pop up at, uh, um, you know, your Bay Hills, your Quail Hollows, um, Muirfield Village, Home of the Memorial, maybe the Honda. Uh, That's the type of courses I'm looking at with with Tory, along with, obviously, other West Coast events, West Coast form for the guys who uh, prefer the Poana Greens. The big thing that strikes me about this event, and and I'm sure most people have picked up on this, I'm sure you as well, Dave. Of course, is that course form here is is massively important in history. Uh, we we do have the exception of John Rahm, who of course was no no ordinary maiden who just popped up here and uh, and won on his debut. But otherwise, this is an event won by bigger names and uh, those with course experience. I think Leishman had, had something like 12 starts before he won here in 2020. Uh, Reed won on his 8th start last year. Uh, Rose had made numerous starts here before. Uh, Jason Day and Snedeker on their most recent wins were second time winners. Uh, really, going back over the last 10 years, Scott Stallings is the only guy you mm. could consider a, a, a sort of left field winner. Uh, otherwise, it's a, it's a It's a name, it's a names, well, big names get the job done here. And I'm looking for course experience this week, most importantly. Um, Tiger obviously owned this place back in his day with his seven wins. But as I say, both day and um, sneds have got two wins in the last 10 years. Um, we do have the other factor of the U.S. Open last year, but I'm not sure how key that's going to be just as going into the U.S. Open last year. I'm not sure how key past form here was, although, of course, with Rahm, it mattered. but um, And he was the obvious pick. But other guys like Henley, et cetera, never done anything here before already. So um, anything else you're looking for this week, Dave, in, in relation to course, historical angles? And, and are you putting a lot of stock into the U.S. Open form this week, or are you putting that to one side?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely massively in, in agreement on course form. It, even when you said Scott Stallings there, if you look at who finished runner-up that year, it was Jason Day and Mark Leeson were two of the, the runners-up. KJ Choi was runner-up as well, and he went on to be runner-up again two years later. So it is, I think if I was making a list of how important course form is to an event, this would be very near the top, very mm. near the top. Probably Tiger first planted that seed and Rams taking it on. But but Ram is, is almost the, the exception to the rule in terms of US Open form. Because I, I remember when I was I did a piece looking comparing two thousand and eight US Open form to the to the to the normal event there, this week's event, and it was terrible. It was just like you know, there's no correlation at all. It was like it'd been played on a completely different course. Mm. So I think that could be a bit of a red herring for most people, as you said, like Henley. Um, that if they play well in the U.S. Open, don't think that's going to be the path to success because history, although it's not a load of it, it suggests it could be leading you down the wrong path. I think it's far more important to just look at who's done well in this event before. Obviously, that it's it's different to the U.S. Open. We've got the other course in play, one of the one of the days, and just a different setup and a different time of year, isn't it? With it softer softer in the early part of the year. So yeah big on course form but not on that US open form
0: yeah i'm um... Agreeing 100%. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at, so I guess another angle on that, you look at someone like Kapka, uh, I mean, he's not played too much in the Farmers over the years, but when he has, he's not done anything. And, of course, yeah. he popped up with a top five at the U.S. Open. Uh, I'm not now thinking that he's going to turn up this week and be in love with the uh, Tory Pines as it is at this time of year. So, you know, of course, he's more than capable, but um, I'm not assuming he's suddenly uh, going to be a big big player this week purely based on that U.S. Open Performance, so yeah. Um, right, so before we move on to uh, actually getting into our picks for the week, uh, my second tune for the week, and I'm obviously we're at the farmers. Uh, I love the House Martins, so it's me and the farmer. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, um, if, you've, if you've been listening to the show over the last few weeks, you will know that some of our musical links are tenuous, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, I was toying with actually the House Martins, me and the farmer, or the beautiful South uh for obvious reasons because we're on the south course but uh, ultimately i prefer the house martins to the beautiful south so uh uh this is from their 1987 album the people who grin themselves to death and uh yeah I'm a, I'm a huge house martins fan um the betting market this week we've got john rahm uh, 15 to 2 favorites um for all the uh, obvious reasons justin thomas at 12s Uh, Zander's at 16s, and then Hideki and Daniel Berger at 20s um, are the leading leading runners in the market. Uh, Rahm, obviously, a standout favourite. Weather-wise, I don't know if you tend to be one to sort of look too much at the weather earlier in the week, Dave, because sometimes it can often change, but um, I'm suspecting we might get a fairly dry course this week. There doesn't seem to have been a lot of rain, so... um, Yeah, I mean, I say dry, it's not going to be US Open dry, obviously. But, um, uh, you know, we've not had a deluge of rain or what have you. So that might help some of the guys who aren't so long. Um, And 15 mile an hour winds possibly, you know, could we saw a little bit of an effect with the winds over the weekend uh, at the Amex. And we think, you know, could see something a little bit similar again this week. So into the picks. And I'm going to let you lead off here, Dave, because I believe you're um, going... Um, in the words of Radiohead, with no surprises for the first pick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not very imaginative, but I do think John Rahm will take all the beating this week. I really do. Um, Say so he's, he's got that win first of his career that he He was 50 to 1, wasn't he? If you were on him then when he won that.
0: Was um, he 50s? Goodness. It yeah, he went like, off at yeah, 50s
1: because no. obviously he was very young and a maid hadn't won before. But he won the US Open here. And you just think it, it's one of those special courses he remember he made two brilliant putts um to win that us open yeah and i was on down the stretch yeah i backed him the final round that's it probably at the same price that he went off at, about nine to <laughs> yeah,
0: one, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely,
1: yeah. so he, yeah he, he picked off louis Oosthuizen, didn't he there um mm. and i think he's done enough this season obviously he was wasn't very happy last week but it was what was he tied 14th i think it was good mm. enough yeah. But this, where there'll be so much more emphasis on driving the ball well, which he does brilliantly, um, I think it's it's perfectly just set up for him. He's got so many connections with the course, hasn't he? It, it's a, he says it reminds him of Spain growing up. He, didn't he propose to his wife here or something as well?
0: Possibly, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: um, so the fact that Tiger won all these times there, um, the fact that even people like Snedeker and... And Jason Day, although Jason Day is obviously a, a very fine player, former world number one. it is a place that just promotes repeat winners. Yeah. And I don't think I want sometimes you can say, oh, I can let him go at seven to one or fifteen to two. I don't want to let him go this week. So um yeah, I'm just gonna put John Rahm up as a as a bet that I must make and I don't want to miss him.
0: Yeah, fair enough. W- would you tend to think about backing him each way as a sort of bet to nothing? Um, you think no, not sure really really, finish top eight or whatever? Or win only? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I just go win only. But some of the the um some of the bookmakers have got a kind of enhanced win only, haven't they? So you can eke out a yeah. little bit more there. So yeah, on the nose, John Rahm.
0: Fair enough. Well, can't argue with it. And um, as, as you say, some, sometimes it's a week for 200 to one shots. And other times, you know, it's a case of just uh, jump, jumping on board with the shorter odds. And there's no point in trying to find someone to beat him for the sake of it. And um, yeah, so um, makes perfect sense to our second pick, and I think we've both gone with the same guy here. So, again, I'll, I'll let you lead in here, Dave, and uh, obviously I'll add anything that I uh, um, think from 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 my end, but um, I, I think we're both uh, both liking the look of Big Tony this week.
1: Big Tony Fino, yeah, a nice, uh, relaxed, laid-back guy for a, a laid-back West Coast vibe tournament. So, yeah, he, he – he, he's always like this he's never finished outside the top 25 in this event um 24th on debut 18th 4th 6th 13th 6th second last year runner up last year and then he, he missed the cut at the us open but which kind of frank's what i was talking about earlier that don't mm-hmm. mix the two up uh because he just loves this event it does he's done well he he, he loves the the west coast and he? he's done well in the genesis invitational runner up there um I think he's got, last seven events in California, he's got two second places and two fourths. Mm. So he's yeah. a, a good place to back him. Um, I noticed in your preview, you said there was a time when you felt a little bit, kind of, oh, should I be backing Tony Fino at 28 when he's never won or, or he hasn't yeah. won for so long since he won that in Puerto Rico. But now he's got that win recently mm. again. I think you can. and I, Even so, I would have said he was always a each, good each-way bet for this. Um, If you look at strokes gained off the tee, which I think is an important one this week, he's in the top 25 for that. Um Rahm is seventh, by the way, in that, in that list. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I, th- I expect him to go, well, he's not done anything amazing yet, but at least he's had a couple of outings, which I think is just as important rather than getting any great finish. So, he was 19th at the Tournament of Champions, which is basically halfway, but finished with a 65 there. And then he he was 40th at the American Express, but he did his best work on the weekend. So I think he's set up to play well.
0: Yeah. No, again, I can't disagree. Well, obviously, I'm on him. I agree with everything you're saying, Dave. And and I I think, I mean, I was, because I've had him on... what. Well, even when he looked like he might well miss the cut, uh, the three-round cut at the Amex, I was still very much looking to jump on him this week because of that course form. And and the other thing that you'll have noticed, of course, is that as well as course form being hugely important here, current form hasn't really been much of a driver over the recent years. Many of the winners have sort of come in on the back of a similar sort of season or year opening performance like uh, tony's had over the last uh, couple of weeks the last few weeks so i I was expecting him to be shorter to be honest and i was pleasantly surprised when i saw the market um and the layers looking more towards, you know, Daniel Berger, Bryson DeChambeau or what have you, perhaps have been in, in slightly better form, but don't necessarily have the form here. Uh, I, I was delighted to see uh, 28 to 1, even 30 to 1 with Bet Fred, I think. Um, so I've gone two points each way um, uh, on Tony. At, uh, so if you can get the 30 to 1 or 28 to 1, fifth of the odds, first eight. And, and again, based on his um, recent record here, you'd see that as a bit of a. Each way, bet to nothing. So I'm I'm big on tony this week and like you i'm not uh not too fussed about the us open form he's got yep. the perfect profile for recent winners here so um yeah with you there and um on that note dave i'll hand it back to you to pick another tune and uh one one i do know and one i think you one, one you pinched that i was going to use next <laughs> week but i'm gonna let you have it this week so what's your next tune
1: yeah if i was being really kind of a bit more um specific to an event so the, the tune is big sir by the thrills a band from um, from Ireland, um, so big. series is is in Monterey, um, so it's it's on that coastline between San Francisco and LA. So and it's kind of Monterey is where Pebble Beach is, so it's a, probably a better fit for Pebble. There is actually a song on that that album. Their album, so much for the city, their debut album. There's a song on there called deck chairs and cigarettes and they actually one of the lyrics is actually san diego so i should have chosen that really well no this is a great tune
0: so uh, yeah and we're on the west coast that's the angle on the west coast yeah but i
1: i am not uh, i prefer big Sur. so i thought what the heck i'll go with that it's it's a fantastic album i think they they recorded it in la didn't they they sort of went over there to get the inspiration Mm. and all these west coast references are sprinkled throughout the album so i think it's it's a, a a brilliant album i didn't I think I bought the follow-up album, but I'm not sure. What I didn't really follow them after that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was,
0: I was about to ask you what happened to them. Um, they're about. <laughs> I mean, I've never never seen them live, never bought any of the records, but like this track, and you know, my my sort of style of music, if you like. Um, but they weren't anyone I hugely sort of looked looked out for, and they just sort of one minute they were the flavour of the month, and the next minute they were they were not. So yeah, so I assume yeah. they split up several along the way, but you you don't know.
1: No, but well, no, but at least they gave us um, so much for the city, which is a, a fantastic album. Just, just quickly, very quickly, jumping back to your House Martin's Farmers Song. Yeah, uh, Paul Heaton, When I when I went to the Masters, one of the things that I found terribly amusing was they had little packets of crisps, just ma- and they were Masters crisps. And I thought right. you know, you'd expect to buy like a, a flag or a deck chair, but they were selling these Masters crisps with with the emblem on them. And I, I I I knew that Paul Heaton collected rare crisp packets. So he, he was on a he was on the uh, a guest on the on um, six music one day. Um, and I emailed in and said, I've got some Masters crisps <laughs> and he said, Oh Dave, I'm trying to pack in my crisp sort of obsession, but I might have to start it up again. Um, <laughs> So I was going to send him them, but I looked at the date, and they were about five years out of date, so I didn't want
0: him eating them and dying. So, thought, <laughs> so, so, so you've now got them still in your uh, your master's, uh, master's collection, basically? I have,
1: yeah. They're just sort of there untouched. I should sort of frame them, um, put glass around them so no one tries to eat them.
0: Did, did um, you get any of those? Um, well, I forget what's in them now. but those sandwiches they refer to?
1: Pimento uh, well, cheese sandwiches. Yeah.
0: Did, did you stuff yourself with those while you were there?
1: I probably had. Couple when I was there, but probably cheese isn't the best thing to come to bring home, is it? And yeah, no,
0: well. no, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean bring, home, I just wondered if you know someone some and one of you there. Uh, yeah. I, I did hear actually, and, and um, again, back going back to the masters, those of us who've not been there and just see it on TV, and we see all the sort of Lovely azaleas and magnolia way and and you you know everything that uh, of course we get used to seeing every April uh, when when we go to Augusta, Uh, but um, apparently the course is actually set in a sort of fairly ropey suburb of um, Augusta with a sort of hooters and a couple of strip joints up the road or or, or whatever. Is is that right, or am I imagining that? I've no
1: idea. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes. um, Yeah. When you drive in. You did on the signs. There was like Miss Green jacket and stuff like that at Hooters, and <laughs> and all, all this sort of stuff going on. But yeah, it's a fairly uh, low key. There's some decent spots in downtown Augusta, yeah. but but the the bit, yeah, kind of over the road. There's like a sort of chemist and or a drug store, as They would say and a few yeah. just sort of very random shops. It's just sort of there in the middle, yeah. like, honked in the middle of a. Of a slightly uh, strange area, but um, I, I remember w- when I was there as well. I let's not turn this into a chat about the Masters, but just to quickly mention, I I, I met Rob Bolton there for the, for the first time. The, All right, and okay. the PGA Tour, who yeah. did the Power Rankings very famous for that. So I met yeah. Rob there for the first time, having struck mm-hmm. up a a friendship on Twitter, like we have, and then mm-hmm. I met him again at the Ryder Cup. He took me out for a, a meal. So a big shout out for Rob Bolton, a lovely fella.
0: Well, uh, like you, I've exchanged a message with him on Twitter. So ho- hopefully, Rob, you're tuning into the joys of the podcast and uh, uh, the joys of the thrills, who you may not be familiar with. But uh, right, yeah, seen. Rob
1: won't like Rob likes saxophone music, right? Okay, um, so. which I don't. We've had <laughs> no. this conversation. I, it's, we said, isn't it, isn't it weird why sometimes your ear just doesn't like a certain sound and and
0: I don't mind the saxophone, on the right. The, the only saxophone music I can think of that will get on this pod one day is X Ray Specs. Uh, right. The Day the World Turned Day Glow. I'll be happy to have that on here. But uh, oh, otherwise... oh, oh, like
1: Baker Street, Jerry oh,
0: of Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, <laughs> right, where were we on the musical? We a yeah. Keegan Bradley, uh, he's my next pick, and he is available at uh, 72-1 this week, uh, I believe. I'm going to double-check that in a second, but uh, fifth of the odds, first eight for Keegan. And again, I'm going down this route of history being the important thing. Uh, You know what you're going to get with Keegan. He wins he doesn't win often but when he does he wins big events obviously the pga of course uh, uh, the wgc at firestone and um uh, a playoff event his most recent win and he's his ball striking of course is where he comes to the fore and he, he last year it was a very typical keegan bradley year he didn't do anything spectacular, but he posted the odd good finish. Uh, a lot of his p- better performances again came on the big boy courses, I refer to them. He was 10th at Bay Hill, 18th at Quail Hollow, and he ended up finishing 39th in the FedEx Cup without doing too much, really. So uh, this year, his season started. He played well right out in the Zozo, and uh, what caught my eye was his performance at the Sony, where after a sort of fairly sort of scruffy season opening uh, round on the Thursday or year opening round on the Thursday. Uh, he, he picked it up over the week, uh, rest of the week, and he was second tee to green for the week. Uh, and, yeah, his, his ball striking seemed to be on. Uh, the putting wasn't. But um, what I like, um, and, again, sort of talking about inspiration, if you like, from other players, and this might be too tenuous, is that... Uh, We've seen Swafford, who's a poor putter, put the lights out over the last few days. Uh, Hideki, the week before, who suddenly turned into Ben Crenshaw. Uh, so, you know, Keegan Bradley, I, I much prefer, and this is something I've really got more and more of a handle on over the years, and I don't know if you're the same, Dave, I, mu- I much prefer backing good ball strikers who are bad putters uh, than good putters who are bad ball strikers Uh because yeah. you know, you only have a Hudson Swafford week and it, it, on the greens and it all, all clicks basically. And I'm just hoping that Keegan's gonna have one of those weeks. Uh, last four years, 16, 36, five and four here, so he's got the experience. Um, and he started strongly this year and he, he fits the bill for me. Um, is that your view, Dave? Good, good ball strikers, bad putters, interest you more?
1: Yeah definitely I I sometimes have a quick look back to see who I uh, I've tipped in previous years and I know it's 2 years ago I did put up Keegan Bradley probably for all the reasons you've mentioned I think he was about 90 to 1 back then best price so he's fairly similar isn't he 80s this time
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah so, so yeah he's he's definitely the type isn't it who who, who seems to like uh like this event is a good fit for this event so yeah uh, uh or
0: certainly agree with you there great um do you want to give us another tune, Dave?
1: Oh, that's another one, yeah. Um, yeah. Just to show that um, there's some variety to my musical likes. Um, the third one is a song. You probably won't know her name, but you'll know the song, most people. So it's it's California by Marlena Shaw. Um it's kind of a soul track. It would appear on like Northern soul compilations. Mm -hmm. You a fan of Northern soul?
0: I'm not. I will, will I mean, I know this song. You're right. I didn't know the name. Um, But uh, when I had a quick listen to the song, of course, immediately I knew the song and and, and liked the song. I mean, it's, you know, back back when I was listening to the festive fifty, uh, I would have probably been a bit too much of a musical snob and thought <laughs> it's not got guitars in, yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not for me. But now I can appreciate things slightly different. Um, uh, don't be wrong; I'm not going to suddenly be listening to take that or whatever. No. But uh, uh, and yeah, this is obviously just a great tune. So it's it's um, yeah, but I, I don't know anything about her. Um, it, this right. is obviously her, her biggie, as it were. I mean, is she what, yeah what, her background.
1: Yeah, thanks. So. I don't think she's very well known, to be honest. As a as a lot of Northern Soul, um, you know, you sometimes you buy like a Northern Soul collection, um, best of, and you you think, well, I don't really know who these people. Are they? They just didn't break through. But Northern Soul, again, for for maybe it's a UK thing. If you're listening to another part 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 of the world, so Northern Soul, we kind of coined that because it was very popular in the north, mm. but. Places like Wigan, Wigan Casino, um, and there was all these sort of wonderful undiscovered tracks that now sell for thousands. And it, it's a bit, just a bit of mystery around it. Some some people say it's kind of stuff that um, stuff that's a little bit faster than average sort of soul records. It's just a little bit faster. That's why people like. to. Others have said it's kind of stuff that wasn't quite good enough for Motown that's quite a high bar to be honest if uh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But
1: motown was obviously more populist but mm. there's some great northern soul song this is one of them it's just got a, a brilliant sort of vibe to it a california vibe you can imagine driving in an open top car just listening to that put mm. your sunglasses on and imagining you really cool um even though me and you wouldn't be martin but uh, <laughs> yeah. we could pretend we were Yeah. Um, so j- just to to continue the musical thing if if you like Northern Soul, I'm going to give you quickly, or if you don't, or you wonder what it is, and you might like this song and think, oh, what else might there be? Some Northern Soul, best. my favourite three Northern Soul songs, just quickly ring, give those out. So there's one called Soul Time by Shirley Time. I think I've written that down. Shirley Ellis. That down. Yeah. Soul Time by Shirley Ellis, Out on the Floor by Dobie Gray, and Do I Love yeah, You by else. Frank Wilson. Right. So, okay. You probably you probably know them all. They probably appear in popular culture here and there. Yeah. But I just I just find Northern Soul absolutely uplifting. As I I can't understand how you can't you cannot listen to it and not want to sort of move and just feel celebratory.
0: Yeah. I mean. Although I live in the north now, I'm a southerner originally, so that sort of whole northern soul thing sort of um, passed me by to a certain extent. But uh, I'm not a million miles away from Wigan now, so um, okay. Know, so, so yeah, it's, I, a, mean,
1: it's a way of life. There's so many yeah. people. It's just a way of life. They they, they grow <coughs> up with it and they pass they pass it on to their kids, and it's
0: just uh, I just think it's a fantastic genre of music. Yeah, there was a Nick Hornby film, wasn't there? Uh, which was based around Northern Soul uh, or a book slash film, obviously. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, though. Do you remember seeing that at all, or am I imagining that completely? Um...
1: There was one very good Northern Soul film that I bought the box set for that was <laughs> yeah. great.
0: I'm sure there was a Nick Hornby, as I say, I haven't read, read the book on this one, but seen the film where the main character is mad on Northern Soul. Uh, okay. But, yeah. uh, um, I'm sure, sure a listener will remind me of what it was called. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, uh, uh, that sticks out for me on the Northern Soul front. But, uh, anyway, I knew this track, and uh, it's a great track. So, uh, don't forget, you can listen to the... Uh, playlist on Spotify afterwards, I'll link it out. Uh, A few people have said to me, can I put the songs in the pod? Uh, I really wish I could. There's nothing more. I'd, I'd like to become than a full-time sort of mix-in DJ playing the tune and, and what have you. Uh, I can't do that from a copyright point of view. And, and uh, it was suggested by a few people I might be able to play clips of the songs and I have started looking into that. And it appears that's a little bit of a, a, a sort of urban myth as well, unfortunately, even if you play five seconds of someone's song on your podcast, that that's a breach of copyright. So, uh, so unfortunately, until I managed to establish other, otherwise it's a playlist link on spotify but uh uh, hopefully in a couple more weeks because the pod will be able to go on spotify as well after five episodes so uh those of you like to listen through spotify will just be able to listen to the pod and the the playlist straight sort of um through on spotify as it were so um but uh, another great pick from dave there and on the golfing front uh my third player this week is brant snedeker and again i mean it's such an obvious selection I've, i think if snedeker won this week uh and you know you weren't on board people will be looking at it and thinking how the heck wasn't arm brant snedeker at tory pines when he won at 100 to 1 back in 2022 it'll be one of those ones that got got away as it were uh he Obviously, isn't the player he was a few years ago, uh, but there have been some signs that he's starting to turn the corner a little bit. Um, of course, it's still fairly tenuous signs; hence, he's still available at 100. Sawana so arguably his favourite layout, but um, at. Gamex last week, where he put in a good performance. He was actually on his measured rounds, because uh, of course there's only a couple of the rounds are measured from, you know, stroke's gain point of view on the stadium course. Uh, he was fifth from T to Green, and he also led in driving accuracy over his um two measured rounds. So from my point of view, that was very positive. Seeing as his putting was, he was only twenty fourth of the week in putting. So, uh, you know, he, he put a very nice, solid performance in there—a top twenty finish, I believe. Uh, he's back on his favoured power this week. So, to me, he's turning around very nicely. And if he's going to get another win this year, there's a good chance it'll come on this stretch in the West Coast. He loves pebble as well, of course. So, I'm, I'm sure if he if he top ten this week, he'd be very much on everyone's radar next week. So, yeah, I thought he was just worth risking because, I mean, it's two wins, three top tens in his past 10 visits. He was still 32nd here last year, I think it was, even when he was playing rubbish, basically. missed his two cuts before, his three cuts afterwards or something like that. He was third here the year before and really did nothing for the rest of the year. So this is an event he can just get himself up for, even if he's struggling. So with some good ball striking numbers last weekend i just thought he was he was worth looking at and uh, uh and the other thing and this comes back dave to your thing about sort of a uh, going back to the old Elliot sort of angle about the mental psychology and, and sort of taking inspiration he's only 41 branson because so you know he's not exactly heading to the seniors tour yet but there is a sort of view almost that once you turn 40 now it's a young man's game and, and you're sort of uh phasing out the background but I mean, would you see someone like Brant Snedeker could, could, could take inspiration from, say, Lucas Glover winning in his 40s last year? What what Stuart Sink did, who I know you were on board at Hilton Head memorably, of course. Uh, would you see? I mean, cause that's the kind of thing I look at. Could you see Snedeker there thinking, well, if, if Glover's done it, Sink's done it, I can rededicate myself and do it?
1: Yeah, definitely. There's, a, there's enough examples. You could look back at, at Lee Westwood as well and... Um, Snedeker, yeah, if, if you were talking about that Keith Elliott, Elliott book and they used to sort of do a pro, he did a profile on each player, this would, and the where to back him, this would have been number one, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. You must yeah. back him here. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a course. Was it here when he, he shot that ridiculous round, didn't he? In, in the, the wind, group, yeah. It,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That beat the average score by about 10 shots or 12 shots. Yeah, um, yeah. Was it Jimmy Walker, I think, was leading, wasn't he, at the time? And Snedeker shot this amazing round in high wind. So, yeah, yeah I think if you can back him at, what have you got, under to one Under to one yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there was a fear last week that he might blow his cover a little bit and play too mm. well and mm. he'd go off at 66s or something. But 100-1 to Brant Snedeker in this tournament, you can certainly throw a little bit of cash at that, can't you?
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely for me this week, so... Yep, before we move on to your next pick, Dave, I'm gonna throw a few questions at you. Now, I'm, call, I'm calling this the back nine. So, no. um, now for listeners, Dave hasn't been uh, prepped on these questions. So, uh, if, if he has, if he has a mental freeze on any of them because he can't think of an answer, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he hasn't been, um, he hasn't been um, prepped at all. So, I'm gonna. So, be warned if you're coming on as a guest, if you're listening, Kenny Kim, uh, you're, Dave's the guinea pig here. You're, you're potentially going to get these questions next week. So, Dave, uh, the back nine questions, and we're going to fire these at you, and they're a combination of musical questions and um, golf questions, of course. So, um, first record bought. Uh, I in my head, I've always, I've always got
1: three that I bought at the same time. So okay. they were the 1982 England World Cup song. Okay. This time we'll get it right. Flying the yeah. flag on the B side. Okay. Um, it was Come On Eileen by Dex's Midnight Runners. Okay. And the other one was Golden Brown by The Stranglers. They all must have been in the charts at the same time. Uh, so I bought them on the same day, I believe. And and whenever I think of first record, I'd think of those three as a bunch.
0: Right. You still got them? Do you still get that uh, en- did you get that England World Cup theme out for to- <laughs> the World Cup later this year? Or?
1: I play it occasionally, uh, just for a laugh. Or just uh, probably more to look at the cover, just to see um who the team was back then but but yeah um i've still got them yeah first gig first gig i think as a kid i was taken to blackpool to see a couple of like you know bands that i didn't really know what was going on i was like four or five but the first gig that i actively chose to go to myself that was the smiths wow which was a good one obviously um so i'm I'm, I'm, I was brought up in Cumbria, um, which is a bit of a, um, not exactly a hotbed for for live music. Um, although It Bites went to my school, by the way. Uh, oh, right, okay. Remembers them, yeah. I do, yes. Frankie Dunnery. Uh, I think he went on to be quite big in America. But anyway, right. they, yeah, so when the Smiths were touring The Queen is Dead tour, they, they, they went to the Sand Centre in Carlisle, and I almost couldn't believe it, having totally got into them. So, yeah, I went to see... I was in sixth form at the time. We hired a minibus um, and drove to Carlisle to watch the Smiths, and it was fantastic.
0: Well, uh, that's my one musical regret, never seen the Smiths, or my biggest musical regret, I should say. Right. Uh, never saw the Smiths live, and, yeah, that, uh, uh, obviously that's never going to happen because they're not going to be reforming. So, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, best golf winner. Honestly, biggest price-wise, but best golf winner, most memorable golf winner. I think it's
1: um it's phil mickelson at the 2004 masters because yeah. in the Ryder cup the previous october it was that disastrous pairing when he was paired with tiger um by hal sutton mm-hmm. and i think he changed clubs just the week before and he was just sort of in a disastrous run and even though now it doesn't sound that spectacular but he was 33 to 1 with coral i think mm. and that was nonsense of a price because he he'd already got a great record there finishing third a few times and he was already one of the best golfers but he's just gone completely off the boil mm. um so he went off at probably about 12s and i had him at 33s and because I, I tipped him at 33s as well so that made me look good as well mm-hmm. when it when it happened and obviously the way it happened when he hold that putt on the, front yeah, the yeah, green yeah. so yeah. that was like absolutely to to kind of get a big anti-post winner in your favorite tournament having tipped him and in that style with a putt for birdie on the last i mean you remember that star jump he did i yeah yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I think i was doing like a live blog at the time i think i did a similar star jump it was just yeah. just a very memorable moment
0: excellent on the flip side of the coin Worst beat all us golf punters, of course, have, have got one where we still shudder when we think about it. When someone chipped in to beat our man, or, or whatever. Um, Anyone spring to mind there for you?
1: There was a there was a time the the two thousand and ten uh, PGA at Whistling Straits. Mm. I, I tipped Bubba at one hundred and fifties and Dustin Johnson at fifties which seem kind of amazing prices now, but they were sort of up-and-comers, mm. purely on the basis that they were big hitters and I thought it was going to be a big hitting week. Um, Bubba got into a playoff at 150s. and they yeah. got disqualified, didn't he? I got that yeah. two-shot penalty.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And, then, and then Martin Keimer had a 15-foot putt to stay alive, I think, in regulation time, and he held that. Uh, and then he went on to win. So I thought I was... Almost guaranteed to get the jackpot, and Martin kind Keimer of ruined it. Mm. Uh, that's yes. one that stuck in the right. crawl. Yeah,
0: that, yeah no, that, uh, I imagine that was painful. Beer, yeah, that um, DJ situation, obviously, where they the uh, it was a it was a, wasn't a waste area; it was a bunker. Yeah, what, yeah so I remember it well. Um, number six, uh, dream four ball. In you, obviously, one of them. So we need three more uh, involving either musicians or golfers, uh, and they c- can be dead golfers or musicians if you want i don't have to be alive so we'll suspend belief for a second so your your dream musical slash golfing four ball with you and four ball.
1: um right um uh, ray davis from the kinks they're kind of my favorite band i just think he's a genius. Yeah. um um i meant to say something really Sort of right on it, like Nelson Mandela or something. <laughs> so, oh,
0: no, go- golfers or <laughs> musicians only. So, okay. um, yeah, uh, so you can't uh, say you, Nelson Mandela.
1: How do we know he's not uh, a, a, golfer, yeah. a virtuoso pianist or something? <laughs> it could be, yeah, could have been. Um, I've always loved Ernie Els. So I think okay. he'd be there. I think when I used to go to the Open, I used to follow him around just every oh, year for ages. Um, had a few nice wins on him. Uh, then another musician you want. Well, musician or golfer, you're cool. Um, maybe Mickelson. Was, Elsa Mickelson are the two I've probably won most money on
0: yeah.
1: down the yeah. year. So I think um, Phil would have plenty to say. Yeah, I mean, um, did, did I see the other week that you said... You were using him as an example of someone who might have terrible taste in music.
0: Uh, I did for this, and and I might be completely... I just have visions, and I use this on the introductory pod when I was trying to explain what the musical style will be in this. Um, I just have this memory of of a Ryder Cup opening ceremony from several years ago (laughs) where Celine Dion, I think it was, was called in to do the live performance, and Phil and Amy were, were sort of grooving is the only phrase i can use mm. away in the audience to the music and and i suppose at that point i put him down as um yeah that that being his type of taste shall we well, so you're not, you're not going to tell me he's a a, a a teenage fan club fan or something like <laughs> yeah, so.
1: well not, not far off um if i don't get to mention teenage fan club in this um podcast then um i'll feel terrible but um so i will quickly mention them by the by the way um for some reason i got before i answer that one I, I got chatting to Norman Blake, the lead singer from Teenage Fan Club, right. um, about golf actually, because I I think I just wanted to speak to him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like do, he's yeah, yeah. an and he yeah. said, Yeah, he said Teenage Fan Club are a golfing band.
0: Oh well, there you go. Passage um, mid your four ball.
1: Yeah, I probably didn't think that four ball through very much today. <laughs> right, but right, yeah, right. when I I texted him and he said, Yeah, and I was gonna do an interview with him, but he, he sometimes then disappears for a bit, right? He said Raymond um, Love had a sorry, Raymond not Raymond, Love, Raymond had a good Lee Trevino story, right? Okay, to this day, I don't know what that is. Okay, but um, ah. what was what my answer, Phil, Phil,
0: Phil, Phil Mickelson, oh, yeah. and his secret um, indie music taste?
1: I'm pretty sure I didn't dream this, but ve- very early in his career or early ish, he had his own website that he actually wrote some decent stuff on and under and it was like about phil or something and mm-hmm. under favorite music he wrote the lemon heads right okay yeah and i thought oh wow and he, he said i love the lemon heads and amy likes janet jackson so the um, amy one wasn't the biggest surprise to be fair uh, yeah. but then about a couple of years later they had the first kid and they called it evan And I'm thinking, is he named after Evan Dando? And it's a question I've always wanted to ask him, and but I've never sort of, you know, it seemed a bit odd at a press conference when you're
0: asking him about the greens and stuff. By the
1: way, yeah. So who knows if that's true?
0: Well, he's very active on Twitter these days, isn't he? So maybe you can fire, yeah. fire over to him, and he he might might reply. You never know. I'll uh, perhaps link him into the pod or something. He might listen in. You never know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, where were we? So that was uh, yeah the four ball question um, number seven. Your favourite course on the PGA Tour, not not including a sort of you know Augusta, not a not a major venue. Yeah, you know, sort of regulation tour tour course or event you look forward to the most each year, whether it be the course um, or just the general vibe from it
1: yeah can i have pebble beach of course you can yeah yeah I think everyone um, would. yeah i I've, I've been lucky enough to go there a couple of times i went for yeah. the 2001 us open when tiger won by mm. 15. Uh so i was i was there for that and then i, I went just on another trip when mm. a kind of san, san francisco california trip so yeah that's a very iconic place just to stand there on the on the 18th green or around there and look out to see that's kind of yeah. angular sort of shape of the hole so yeah pebble beach i know a lot of people moan about it don't know with the coverage saying oh it's just full of adverts or they they focus on bill murray and stuff but yeah. just when you get those shots of the scenery and the that little yeah. downhill pathways at seventh and and kind of the, the whales blowing stuff up yeah. not very not very much on the anatomy of wales but whether you yeah. blow it through with some <laughs> help me out martin yeah well, you well i'm
0: you know, i'm, I'm with you 100 on that one yeah. because i would be picking pebble for this like yeah. you i've been lucky enough to go there twice oh, well, um, okay. i went for the us open in 2019 uh that came on the back of the fact that um me and my good lady took a trip around the us in 2016 beginning of 2017 um and um we did a sort of road trip around the country and we spent um two days uh up in the pebble area and my wife's got a cousin who lives in la and we drove up from la did the sort of i one, whatever all the way up to yeah. pebble uh and my wife she just thought oh it's another boring golf course he's taking me to us and i actually didn't really know what to expect from pebble beach but she fell in love with it as well yeah. uh and we actually had our dog with us so i got oh, wow. to take our dog on pebble beach so our dog yeah, has done, done that run that you'll be seeing on tv yeah. next week when the, um uh jim nance uh, sort of starts trickling his way through some uh cliches about the dogs on pebble beach and um that's yeah
1: I remember Mike Weir talking about his dog at Pebble Beach and know yeah. he loved to walk his dog before uh when Mike Weir was really good. Yeah. Walk his dog down there. Yeah, yeah, you get that kind of wide yeah. shot of the sand and all the dog walkers. What a what a great experience for you. Oh, it, it was
0: an incredible trip and, and the US Open trip came through that because basically uh we stayed in this sort of little hotel in in basically you know, in um uh, God, what's the name of the uh oh god, the Carmel, Carmel, Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we stayed in Carmel, and I said to the lady at the hotel, "Oh, U.S. Open's coming up in a couple of years, isn't it?" Um, I'm assuming you get block booked out, don't you, for media, corporate stuff, and what have you? And and she said, "No, just got waiting. Just put your name down, and you know, you can have a room, basically." So uh, uh, I booked in there, and then two years before, and just got back in touch with her near the time. So uh, I wasn't going to miss that opportunity, you know, when I could get accommodation, basically, sort of five minutes out the road. So, uh, yeah, well.
1: that's good going. When I, I, I think I booked too late and there was just nothing, absolutely nothing. So I had to stay in Santa Cruz, which was miles away. Right. Which, yeah, yeah. Bringing yeah. it back to the thrills is another yes. <laughs> thrill song, remember. isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I, I, someone told me, oh, Neil Young um, is from Santa Cruz and just wanders around Santa Cruz. I spent a lot of time wandering around Santa Cruz, trying to bump into Neil Young. But I didn't, never mind. No,
0: likewise, and I didn't see Clint Eastwood in his bar and what (laughs) have you. uh, Anyway, yeah, so that was um, uh, Pebble Beach, and I'm with you 100% on that, Dave. Uh, Your most treasured treasured record, so your one desert island disc, if you like, if you could only have one record. Oh, oh, album, Um, I'm assuming, rather than single, but...
1: I almost went Alan Park, which is the best of the Beatles there, but... um... um an album that i always listen to i do like the village green preservation society by the kinks love that album
0: okay i'm taking that with me
1: fair enough and the first the the first stone roses album as well can i have that as well
0: you can you can on um
1: on on your twitter you've got a big day buses talking about that i sold him some stone roses tickets once and I did, and right. I met him, and it sounds like I'm a tout, but I just saw that they were playing and I ordered two lots and I, I couldn't go twice.
0: So right. So I put okay.
1: a message out on Twitter and got tickets for him and his son. So he was a lovely fellow, met them, and they had a great night watching Stone Roses in Leeds.
0: Right. Uh, I've not seen that, mate. Did you put that message out while we've been recording or? Um... Just before, oh, I think I saw oh, it. right. I've not, not seen it yet. So, um, and um, question number nine uh, the goat, jackal, tiger.
1: Oh, um, for, uh, do you just do it on the numbers, or do you do it on uh, say say you would extrapolated and Tiger just been fit? How many would he won? Yeah, I'd probably say Tiger just about because mm-hmm. I think when Jack was playing, there was only about four people ever winning them. There's some I can't believe, however good he was, that in a, a in a and he was amazing, but in a brilliant era that you would finish like in the top 10 in every major sort of throughout the decade, it mm-hmm. <laughs> just seems impossible. I think the, the the thing with Jack I always think is that he, he just said he used to just get near the lead and hang around and someone else would make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of reflected in his record, isn't it? Because although yeah, he's yeah. won 18 majors, which is monstrous in the record, yeah. It was a 19-time runner-up. Yeah, yeah, no, I just don't think Tiger would settle for that. No, I
0: think if
1: if Tiger had, had kept going and and wasn't injured so much, I think Tiger would get past 18. So I'll go with Tiger.
0: Fair enough. Okay, um, well, I think you considering you hadn't heard those questions, Dave, you rattled through them very well, and some uh, just
1: just the ball was a bit poor and ill thought out, but never
0: no, mind. well, you know, um, as I say there was there was no prepping, so <laughs> um, yeah, back to this week's picks. So I believe you've got one more dave who who are you looking at?
1: oh yeah, um well i'm I'm definitely gonna go with the uh the theme of what I've been saying about the West coast and um the kind of high asprey and the laid back so I'm going to go with Lanto Griffin, right? Yeah, so Lanto Griffin, um, he's basically his parents were hippies, and these Lanto, um, is he was named after a spiritual master? Oh, okay, Um, so he's a very sort of spiritual kind of guy, and his parents were, um, to say they were kind of hippies, as it were, Mm -hmm. um, but it's a little bit more than that, to be fair. That's a nice sort of uh, angle in with what we've been talking about with the music and everything, but he's been playing great, hasn't he? he? was third in the American Express.
0: Yeah.
1: If you wind back to October last year, he was seventh in the Zozo Championship in Japan. He was sixth in the Shriners in Nevada. So he's got a third, a sixth, and a seventh in his last five starts. Made the cut in the two other ones. And then at this event, he, he goes well as well. On debut in 2018, he was 12th. Yeah.
0: yeah
1: um He was seventh um On his third attempt last year. So he's got a 12th and a 7th in three attempts. He's got a load of good California form. um His parents were hippies. I love that kind of music. It's all, all, all the roads lead to Lanto Griffin for me. So Fair I'll enough. Give him a little player around 70 to one.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you know t- totally get where you're coming from i think the thing that slightly put me off of him was uh, again i'm looking for that longer experience this this week and uh, he didn't quite have enough starts here for me or or wasn't quite you know the name and I mean, obviously scott stallings is one here but um yeah i'll be like i can see everything you're, you're saying and i must admit, i didn't know he was a hippie so that's another, <laughs> another plus for him uh, and um yeah i'd imagine he'll he'll, he'll go well so definitely definitely a, Good shout! Absolutely. Hopefully, um, hopefully
1: someone will. Hopefully, we'll make, interview him one day and ask him what sort of music he likes. Yeah,
0: um, um, well, if he wins this week, he'll, he'll be getting a, a hippie tribute on the uh, podcast. Yeah. Week. Um, absolutely. Imagine
1: if he says it's something terrible. You'd be so disappointed, wouldn't
0: you? <laughs> yeah. Well, he might have rebelled. You know, he might be into Celine Dion because he yeah. was yeah. forced to listen to, um, you know, Procol Harum or whatever when he was young, or something <laughs> to, uh, well, Tangerine Dream or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm gonna. I'm conscious. Of the uh, uh, of of time, so I'm going <laughs> to wrap up through my last two picks. For the week, um, which are two long shots uh who uh my long-term readers will be collectively groaning on hearing about. Uh, the first of which is is Patrick Rogers. Uh and uh, I don't know if you you have noticed I've picked up a bit of a Patrick yeah. Rogers obsession over the last 12, yeah. 18 months or so.
1: I've had um, a minor one, but not as bad as you.
0: Yeah. And I'm certain that he is going to repay that at some point because he's too good a player not to and uh, of course you never know what you're going to get with him I mean his record here sums up his career really fourth ninth and four missed cuts Uh, he did also play for for what it's worth although not too too much stall on it he played solidly in the US Open and was actually in the hunt halfway before sort of fading on Saturday and finishing 31st in the end I think Uh, he's got the form and all the other courses I'm looking at, uh, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, um, Muirfield Village, he's he's produced top 10s, all of those. And and he seems to be having a little bit of a different attitude this season after he went through that tough time last season, which ended up with him having to go back to the Corn Ferry finals and and basically produce a really strong back nine on the Sunday to, to get in the... Top twenty-five at, at the end of the you know the rankings after the Tour, Corn Ferry Tour Championship. So uh, he it seems to have taken a bit of weight of his shoulders off of him. And um, I was actually on him first event uh, at the Safeway, or sorry, Fortinet as it's called now, uh, which does you know, it's another California event, of course. And, and also, if you look at that leaderboard from. Last season, uh, or last last year, I should say, a lot of players who performed well here performed well there. Homer's um, someone who I'm sure has a lot of people's radars this week, who has played well here and, and, and won there. Uh, CT Pan was high up. Uh, Scott Stallings was high up, who, who of course both um produced uh, good stuff here. Stallings a winner, so so that ties in nicely. And uh, we were on board at 150 to one. So you know he got us a nice return there. So it's not all doom and gloom when I tip Pat. So. Yeah, I I think he started off the season well and and he caught the eye to me at the Amex last weekend because his approach play, which is normally his nemesis, uh, was actually solid again in his measured rounds. He was ranked 21st for the weekend in an approach play. So uh, yeah, um, I saw that as a nice sort of year opening curtain raiser, if you like. And I just think with with the weight off his shoulders a little bit um i think we could be looking at uh feast pat at um tory this week not famine pat as it were so i think we could be on one of his go weeks here uh so that's uh uh that's the first of the last two picks and uh my last song pick for the week is going to be a song for pat rogers and little known fact uh pat rogers is married to an english lady uh and um she is, as is her family, um, uh, her dad, etc., all big Arsenal fans, and this is true. Uh, Pat has become a, a big Arsenal fan uh, over the years. He's enjoyed, I believe, a few trips to the Emirates on his on his time over in the, in London. So I'm going with a London song, and it's any excuse to get London calling by the Clash on the podcast. So very good. Um, that's uh, that's my Pat Rogers angle this week, <laughs> and my final golfing pick for the week is. Kyle Stanley, uh, and again, I mean, you know, in for a penny, I've picked Keegan Bradley, so why not go full hog on the bad putters with Kyle Stanley? And again, I come back to what we saw with Swafford and Hideki. You know, it only needs an upturn for a ball striker like Kyle Stanley, and and suddenly he's going to be, um, you know, right up there on the leaderboard. Again, this is his sort of track. Uh, of course, we got the memorable. I mean, Brant Snedeker's two wins here uh, have been both somewhat bizarre. We had the uh, the win from off the pace with the incredible weather and uh, incredible round in the bad weather, uh, and then we had when he pinched it from Carl Stanley when Stanley had the horror finish here, making the uh, eight, I think it was on the uh, on the par five when he dumped it yeah. in the water twice. Uh, so yeah, he's he's got some history here, Carl Stanley, and he, he's not. Produced another top 10 since, but I was actually on him last year and he was 18th. Uh, hit it really nicely, but of course didn't quite hold as many putts. Um, he didn't start this season great before Christmas, but he hit it really well at the Sony. Um, he was ranked uh, fourth in approach, 10th from T to Green. So sort of normal service re- resumed, if you like, from his long game. So yeah, I just thought he was worth chancing at 200 to 1. I think he could uh, plot his way around. I, I expect it to play tough. I mean, obviously not US Open or anything like that, but tougher this week as Tory Kang, because as I say, I think it's going to be uh, a little bit on the drier side. It's not going to be, you know, real sort of um, uh, softer conditions. So I was happy to chance Carl Stanley at 200 to 1. So they're very my good. last two, Dave. Yeah, very uh,
1: good.
0: Yeah. Go- going back to Pat Rogers, out of curiosity, I mean, where. Do you where do you see, I mean, do you think his time's going to come? Do you have any thoughts on the Pat Rogers conundrum? Yeah, it's
1: if you're a fan of him, you certainly want to back him here, don't you? All those that stat isn't it that he won as many times at, um, as Tiger than at Stanford?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, um, and all that business. Uh, yeah, he he was close, wasn't he, last year? Was some what was the event that um, Lucas? Um, uh, who what was, was the one? Lucas hunting?
0: Glover one was he in the hand hunt- No, no
1: it's like a windy oh, one, Her-
0: Herbert one, sorry, Bermuda. Herbert, Bermuda. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was uh, yeah. Top, top five in Bermuda.
1: Yeah, 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 I think I was, I think I tipped him that week, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he didn't quite get it done, but yeah, you, you think it would make so much sense when they've when he finally wins, it would be in California, so yeah, um. I might even have a double myself.
0: Yeah. I just think when he finally it wins, um, it'll be a bigger event as well. I, I think he'll do a bit of a Max Homer or something like he did at Quell Hollow or, or, or what have you and, and sort of break out at something a little bit bigger. I know it's going against the grain for this event. It's normally won by, you, you know, players who are considered sort of, uh, you know, the top 50 in the world or, or, or what have you. But again, he's got that pedigree. So um, I'm, I'm going to keep rolling the dice when he pops up at 150 to one 100 yeah. on, on on courses that we know he can produce on so uh, um yeah so so that's my tips wrapped up for the week and uh i think you've got uh, one more tune for us from the west coast dave
1: yeah um i think i've named about five bands that are my favorite band but um the birds are definitely one of them um another la band absolutely love the birds um Mostly, they're kind of early nineteen sixty-five-ish stuff. I think that's when their peak, uh, Rick and Baca Guitar Birds. Mm. Uh, I like some of their other stuff. That it, it, anyone who's watched Easy Rider, mm. uh, Peter Fonda, um, there's a, a scene in that, isn't it, where they're playing "Wasn't Born to Follow." It's like a country bird song, mm. and it just kind of fits in perfectly with the, when they're out on the open road on their Harleys and stuff. So that always looks good. But the one I picked is all I really want to do. I just think that's peak sounding birds. That sound yeah. I really like. And yeah. I always think this is controversial. I always think birds' versions of songs are better than Bob Dylan's originals.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's just both, oh, it's Bob <laughs> Dylan and, and the, the bird. It's just a sweeter sound and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. those guitars. So um there's so many birds songs i like i I was trying to find one with some connection to tory pines and maybe there is one somewhere but all i really want all i really want to do is back the winner this week maybe i can say that there's there's a yeah yeah, there's a brilliant version by glenn campbell and share sometimes i tweet um of all i really want to do if you look at that on youtube i just Mm. you watch that and that makes you feel good about life um but yeah the birds what was one of my favorite bands and um is jonathan bird still going well is he? He, he,
0: he is actually and uh, you again you took the words out of my mouth because uh, i had the birds uh, in the back of my mind for if and when i ever get to tip jonathan bird and that <laughs> would be unlikely these days i suppose i could have brought them in at the shriner's event an event he's won or something like that but uh, yeah. uh, but i'm more than happy to get them get them on on the west coast so uh, it's a, a, a another fabulous selection from a bunch of fabulous selections so um yeah and and, and next week this seems a good time to mention next week's guest uh, which I have well, mentioned him already I think I might have done uh, but uh, ne- next week's guest you're gonna have to start thinking of some great musical selections uh, delighted to say I've got Kenny Kim coming on next week uh, from the fantasy golf fantasy golf degenerates podcast over on the Pat Mayo experience also writes for Guts Corner uh, my first guest from across the pond uh, so we won't be talking about Northern Soul I suspect but uh, um, really looking forward to having Kenny on next week so start thinking about your music Kenny uh, you've got lots of. <laughs> (laughs) to there with Dave's Dave's selections. Um, So I'm going to wrap it in a minute, Um, uh, Dave. I'm going to ask you to just uh, run through your your betting picks and uh, um, we'll uh, remind everyone of the musical picks as well for the playlist. But before we do that, we've got one last musical pick, which will be the winner of this week's free bet. So this week's £5 free bet and... Hopefully you're getting to know the drill by now. Uh, You message me on a Monday through Twitter by 6pm uh, with your musical pick, which in some way links into either last week's event, this week's event, uh, in in some sort of um, loose, tenuous way. Uh, And uh, one of you will be picked out for a £5 free bet which I will then put on the exchange on win-only for you on, on the Tuesday evening. So, uh, And we'll obviously message you around uh, your odds, et cetera. So this week, we've had some great suggestions again. We've had uh, Californications come up again from Ad Hunter. Uh, um, Greg Petra was, um, suggested a long shot by Catfish and the Bottlemen, which I, I'm assuming uh, is uh, for Swofford. Uh And A.R. Thompson, whom I'm assuming bats uh says, Beautiful day by the Levelers uh he was obviously on board um molly's chamber for uh old molly producing some uh, good form again now at uh, the amex uh, by the kings of leon uh that was chris lofthouse um we've got uh respect by jennifer hudson from tintin and snowy uh, on the uh hudson swafford angle there uh and uh mcnulty who won last week's uh, free bet has suggested uh, I don't want to talk about it because his bets didn't go so well last week. And apparently the Llama Farmers did a cover of that. So did you know that, Dave? Do you remember the Llama Farmers? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know they'd covered I don't want to talk about no, it. I didn't know that. So I'm going to look for that on uh, YouTube afterwards. A um, couple of suggestions from John Ireland. Uh, the River by Bruce Springsteen and uh, anything by Tori Amos. Uh, I like the thinking. Um, but uh, I'm going to go this week with... Uh, Um, Well, we had a couple of suggestions for Rage Against the Machine. Um, One, um, uh, well, thinking along the lines of uh, uh, John Rahm, which we talked about back at the beginning, his Rage Against the uh, PGA Tour machine and the way they set courses up. Uh, But uh, I'm going with um, a pick from James Golf Bowler, uh, who has um, picked... Bomb track by Rage Against the Machine because Tory Pines, of course, has a bit of a reputation as being a bit of a bombers track. So uh, um, after uh, some laid-back West Coast music <laughs> and Northern Soul, we're going to go straight into a bit of Rage Against the Machine to wrap things up. So, um, so a, a wonderful playlist uh, as far as I'm concerned this week. So, um, Dave, recap your bets for us. Uh, who are you going with again this week, and what? Odds? Yeah,
1: so I'll I'll go uh, John Ram to win very obvious i'm on you with tony Fino as well uh each way and then lanto griffin to uh make everything perfect symmetry with the music i've picked as well um uh, so that'll be good um just just quickly um yeah, it's great that you're getting kenny kim on it's um yeah. I, the tw- twitter's sort of stupid it? so many people waste their lives arguing about rubbish on twitter but yeah. i think the sort of golf community on Twitter is is great. And I always think Kenny's a really good guy. And there's loads of good guys from um, across in America Absolutely,
0: and, yeah. Yeah. and around the
1: world. And I just think it shows how good Twitter can be when you're sort of all, you know, flooding each other's brains with ideas and just being interesting and just putting stuff out there. So, yeah, so that, I'll be really uh, looking forward. I'll listen to that one. I'm sure it would be better than me, but uh, hopefully oh. I've, I've been okay
0: i'm sure you'll both be as fantastic as each other uh, i've actually talked about kenny i've had the pleasure of actually meeting kenny in person oh wow uh, when, I, when i went to sawgrass uh a, a few years back he he was there and we you know we we'd hooked in on twitter by then uh and he said he was he tweeted something out to say oh, i'm in um nona blue graham mcdowell's bar you know anyone eaten here before what can they <laughs> recommend and i was actually sat in nona blue at the time oh, with my wow. mate, uh, and i tweeted him back and said sort of uh you know i'm i'm the guy sitting over there kenny and i can recommend the g mac and cheese <laughs> and um we, we ended up having a few beers together and saw a bit more of him through the week so uh, yeah uh so yeah he's a top top guy is kenny um, and uh, looking forward to having him on so um my bets uh i'm trying to remember who are back now uh yes tony fee now uh each way two points each way on tony uh, at, um, if you can get the 30s or otherwise 28 to one, uh, eight places. Uh, Keegan Bradley, I think he's only 70s if you want the eight places. Um, points each way there. Uh, Brent Snedeker, 100 to 1, points each way, uh, eight places again. Uh, and the two outsiders, um, Patrick Rogers, 150 to 1, Carl Stanley at 200 to 1, uh, again, eight places uh, at those odds. You can, boil Sports are going their usual 10 places. So I guess with those guys, if you want to be a bit more cautious, uh, I think Stanley might be 150s for 10 places, but uh, I've taken the 200s for. Eight places, so uh, watching come ninth. But there you go. Um, and the musical playlist. Uh, let's see who have we got. Um, we started off with uh, my Aaron Calder by Ultrasound in honor of uh, uh, the River theme with Hudson Swafford. Uh, then um, I believe we had uh, the West Coast pop art experimental band. Uh, one of Dave's selections at a cracking tune called Transparent Day. Uh, Then it was Me and the Farmer by the House Martins uh, in honour of the Farmer's Insurance Open this week. Um, Back over to one of Dave's picks, which uh, was the Thrills and Big Sur for the West Coast, obviously. Uh, The fifth song was uh, Marlene Ashores' California Soul, um, a cracking Northern Soul tune. Uh, Song number six was um uh, where are we it was your sixth pick number six wasn't it dave um no you missed one of yours missed one of mine um song number seven was dave's birds all i really want to do song number six was the clash and london calling for pat rogers uh and finally wrapping all up bomb track by Rage Against the Machine, uh, and hopefully it won't be completely a bomber's track this week because that might uh, uh, put Brant Snedeker on the eight ball slightly, but, or behind the eight ball slightly. But uh, So that's the musical playlist. You can listen to that afterwards on uh, Spotify when I will link it out with the pod. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. It's been incredible to have you on as our first guest. Um, remind everyone where they can find you, with your various content uh, each week.
1: Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Tyndall Golf. Um, you can find me writing stuff for Betfair, um, Planet Sport, WSN. And if you like uh, football, um, I do stuff for The Guardian as well. Um, so, yeah, those places, come and have a, a read. I'm not the most prolific on Twitter, but I tend to sort of put up what. Um, my what i've written in my previews um but and then the odd random other stuff but um yeah so that's where you can find me
0: brilliant um and of course i'm martin matthews sundog monkey you can find me on twitter um obviously follow the golf alternative pod uh, and you can also find me writing the sunday column for sporting life which uh, i'm pleased to say we had a bit of joy um on yesterday with uh, hudson swafford at 20 to 1 brilliant Thank you so much, Dave. Been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, uh, don't feel I put you through the ringer with the nine, the back nine questions too much, and um, hopefully uh, have you on again in the future sometime. But thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, it's been an honour. The pleasure is all mine because um, I don't know what a great idea for a podcast talking about golf and talking about music. So, that's two of my absolute favourite things. So, yeah, we've. Um, We've overrun by about half an hour, but hey-ho. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, um, yeah, it was all good stuff and some great musical stuff there as well. Brilliant. So thanks, everyone, and uh, see you all next week.